Welcome back, everybody, to Becoming a Critical Health Thinker. Hi, I'm Becky Campos, and you're listening to Episode 39, Cooked Foods for Life, Part 2. Well, today is January 24th, 2022, and I'm continuing to introduce the law of nutrition that assisted me in reclaiming my health from two grim diagnoses, and I'm answering the question, Becky, what did you eat? What did you eat back then in those early days? And what do you eat today? And this is a very basic question that must be asked and must be answered. And in this podcast, I'm going to finish introducing Cooked Foods for Life Part 2 and cover one more significant change John and I made to our lifestyle that made all the difference in the world in reclaiming and sustaining my health all these years. But before I do, I want to make a correction on episode 38, Happy New Year from a Critical Health Thinker, as I mentioned that I had 569.05 hours of information I had made available in the start of the uh, work on strategy of health when it really was 569.05 minutes total. Editing is one of my strengths and bummer I didn't catch this before posting the episode. So no worries, it is my hope to keep making my way through this life-changing information and one day reach 569 hours and more. Well. Have you ever heard of PAHs and HCAs? I sure hadn't back in those early days on my journey to reclaiming my health. If I hadn't come to this information, I am telling you, I would have been shoveling snow while it was still snowing. Today, I would like to introduce you to them by answering the following questions. What are PAHs and HCAs? And what do they have to do with cooked foods for life? And what are the most basic things you should know about them? How do they interrupt our body's natural self-healing, self-cleansing, and self-rejuvenating capabilities? And how do we live amongst them responsibly and in a position of strength? And I believe all of this is going to be extremely helpful to you. Well, first I want to define PAHs and HCAs polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons and heterocyclic amines. Well, according to the ATSDR, Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry, quote, PAHs are defined as a class of organic compounds produced by incomplete combustion or high pressure processes and are formed when complex organic substances are exposed to guess what? High temperatures or pressures, unquote. Well, PAHs are commonly found in our modern environment and are the result of industrial man-made production and processes such as coal, petroleum, motor vehicle exhaust, aluminum production, oil and tar processes, and cigarette smoke. And they are absorbed by ingestion, through food, inhalation, through our air, or through direct contact, through touch, and through the skin. We cannot escape them. Did you know it? They are a part of industrial progress, manufacturing plants, transportation, food manufacturing, and 
contribute to our social economic progress. And guess what? There are at least 100 different known PAHs in our water, soil, and air and food supply. Due to the filtering and cross-contamination that may occur from plant manufacturers into our environment. Although the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, and OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, in the workplace regulate manufacturing and work-related exposures to PAH and exposure levels naturally. It is impossible to keep these compounds contained and prevent all leaking from occurring into our environment, whether because of margin for human error, negligence, or close proximity to manufacturing plants, etc. Over the years, more is being done to prevent high exposures to PAH. As to be expected, they make their way, guess where, and accumulate in our air, water, soil, and food supply. PAHs are absorbed through ingestion through our food supply and what we consume. In relation to our cooked foods, they are formed when we cook our foods over high temperatures such as frying and over an open flame such as, guess what, outdoor grilling. Little did I know that I was serving up a plate of polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons pretty much every day during the summer or at least three times a week. They are formed when muscle meat, including beef, pork, poultry, and fish, are prepared in high temperature temperatures by frying or over an open flame, and the animal fat and juices from the meats drip over um, the flames onto the hot grill, producing flames and smoke, saturating the surface of the food. And we've all seen it, right? We've all been standing in front of the grill, grilling away. I know I did for many years, especially when John would work late shifts and I uh, didn't want to cook over the stove. And so I just flame up. He taught me how to grill and I'd flame up the grill and uh, load it up with hot dogs or hamburgers or pork chops or whatever it is, chicken. And uh, then when he'd get home, dinner was done. And so all of us have seen the billowing uh, flames and billowing smoke that accumulates as the uh, juices and the meats drip on into the grill and into the charcoals or the gas grill and then uh, the flames just shoot up and then the smoke starts billowing. Well, guess what? When we serve a delicious piece of barbecue chicken or steak, all we look forward to is the delight of tasting their unique flavors, juices and seared edges. I love those seared edges. I mean, I love them so much. I like to break them off and dip them in some little sauce. But I never imagined what had been occurring behind the scenes as they were cooking over the open flame. 
Living in the great state of Arizona, outdoor grilling is a huge part of our culture. The grill is an outdoor alternative to using the oven when temperatures outside reach triple digits, 118, 116, 112 for weeks on end. And it is one of our favorite ways to prepare food. Not only is it convenient, tastes delicious, and one of our signature status foods we are known for. It is beloved by most everyone. You can go to episode 34, by the way, Status Foods for Life, for more information on status foods. That's one of my very favorite things to pass on. For years, John and I enjoyed every bit of our experience preparing and grilling high quantities and guess what? Low quality, my friend, low quality conventional meats, pork chops, steak, chicken, hamburgers, sausage, and hot dogs. Not once over the many years of grilling our foods did we ever consider whether preparing our foods in this manner was of any concern to our health. In fact, outdoor grilling seemed to be one of the healthiest ways to prepare foods way back in the day. And uh, what I can remember as I was growing up hearing that that was a healthy alternative to frying foods. But uh, not so, as we have made our way over the decades. Uh, now there's plenty of life-changing, life-saving information to assist us in understanding polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. Unbeknownst to me and to most of us, grilling, charring, and smoking animal-based foods is one way Americans ingest polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, increasing free radical formation, oxidative stress, and subjecting our human cells to one more chemical substance to deal with. And who needs that? And how do these compounds affect humans? Well, here are the most basic facts to keep in mind as you continue in your journey to becoming a critical health thinker about PAHs and how they affect our health. PAHs are categorized as organic compounds with a carcinogenesis capacity. Cancer promoters usually not on their own absorption, but along with admixtures of other cancer promoting substances that have made their way into the bloodstreams amongst our cells, which are precursors for cancer initiation and progression. And if you have been making your way through these podcasts one after another, you may recall episode 17, Cancer is Not a Mystery, which is one of my very favorite things to talk about. And episodes 18 through 27, Knowing Your Enemy, parts one through seven, especially parts one through four, Cancer Initiation and Progression, and part five, Cell Communication, where I gave an overview of cancer and uh, how it is created one day at a time, mostly a long-term process through an accumulation of negative factors, our human design is exposed to and subjected to on a daily basis. And at the top of the list of negative factors is neglecting the 12 laws of simple health and lifestyle medicine. 
And although PAHs are carcinogenic and harmful to humans, they most likely work in unison with other toxins found in our bloodstream, triggering mutagenic activity harmful to our DNA. Toxins such as pesticides, smoke, artificial food additives, hygiene products, cosmetics, cleaning solutions, air pollution, uh, medications of all sorts, and you name it, we are surrounded by them. According to the ATSDR, Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registration, quote, PAHs are predominantly metabolized via CYP enzymes in the liver. In addition to the liver and kidneys, metabolism of PAHs occurs in the adrenal glands, testes, thyroid, lungs, skin, sebaceous glands, and small intestine. Unquote. And so there's a lot going on when you consume PAH. And like other toxins, they have the potential to cross the placenta to an unborn child and to be excreted through breast milk to the nursing child. And this is how widespread they really are. As with toxins, they are prone to accumulating in adipose tissue or fatty tissue. The good thing here is that they can be excreted from the body. Did you know through bile, urine, and evacuating the content of our colon on a daily basis. And that is a very good thing and absolutely achievable. And so uh, the law of nutrition and mastering lifestyle medicine is going to be the first way that you cleanse your body on a daily basis. And so paying attention to the law of nutrition to the best of your ability is going to be your best friend. Dr. T. Colin Campbell in his work, The China Study, in his chapter, Environmental Chemicals, page 165, quote, says, when we consume PAH in food and water, we can metabolize and excrete them. But there is a snag. When the PAH are metabolized within the body, they produce intermediate products that react with DNA to form tightly bound complexes or addicts. This is the first step in causing cancer, unquote. Oh my, chronic exposure over long periods of time to PAH admixtures and their metabolites and derivatives are potentially the real potent mutagens causing genetic mutation. And why is that? Because we are surrounded and saturated by toxins, chemical compounds, which react with each other causing a perfect storm for free radical formation, oxidative stress, inflammation, interrupting your body's natural self-healing, self-cleansing, and self-rejuvenating capabilities. Well, next I'd like to introduce you to HCAs, heterocyclic amines. According to the National Cancer Institute, HCAs are defined as an organic compound formed when amino acids, the building blocks of protein, sugars, and creatine or creatinine substances found in muscle meat, react to high temperatures. HCAs are not found 
in other food substances, thankfully, other than meats cooked in high temperatures. Now, I really like their article, Chemicals in Meat Cooked in High Temperatures, quote, HCAs and PAHs become capable of damaging DNA only after they are metabolized by specific enzymes in the body, a process called bioactivation. Studies have found that the activity of these enzymes, which can differ among people, may be relevant to cancer risk associated with exposure to these compounds." Unquote. Oh my! Well, the difference between these two compounds um, is that uh, one is formed only while cooking, which would be the HCAs, um, cooking meat over high temperatures, and the other uh, PAHs are produced in a variety of industrial processes as well as when grilling foods over an open flame. And here we want to keep in mind again that HCAs and PAHs are procarcinogens and promoters of cancer initiation and progression. So they are for cancer initiation and not against it. Like PAHs, HCAs contribute to free radical formation, oxidative stress and inflammation, and so many negative factors. But guess what? They too can be excreted by the body via bile, urine, and evacuating the content of our colon on a daily basis. Well, how do we live with these PAH uh, polycyclic uh, aromatic hydrocarbons and heterocyclic amines responsibly and in a position of strength? When the news about the connection between grilling and carcinogens and carcinogens and cancer made headlines in our family, you can imagine how I felt. I thought uh, grilling was a pretty good thing and uh, little did I know that it was contributing to cancer initiation and progression and this was just um, un-American. I was shocked and mortified quite frankly. Once again I found myself eager to bring this information to John's attention and wondered how he would respond. But thankfully, John did not blink an eye. He did not minimize this valuable, life-changing, life-saving information, but rather acknowledged it as another piece, another answer in my journey to reclaiming my health, and not another problem we had to overcome. So we both agreed it best to remove the outdoor grill from our back yard patio and resorted to roasting our foods in a roaster which has been really good for us. Since I was not consuming animal-based foods and only plant-based foods in those early years, it all came together quite well. Now not everyone is at the level of health crisis I was in and so the beautiful thing about becoming a critical health thinker, I hope uh, you are enjoying is that you can make this life-changing, life-saving information your own according to your particular circumstance, needs, and family culture and sustainability. Now here is a few things to think about. Maybe, maybe you're not ready to part with your grill and I can understand that. Maybe you are thinking 
it isn't necessary yet. Maybe you could first reduce your intake of meat, chicken, and fish in general. Maybe instead of grilling every night or weekend, you could wean yourself and only grill for summer barbecues and company. Or you could grill on a cast steel grill or your on over your stove on low heat or you could fast from grilling altogether did you know it for a year and reintroduce it once you have mastered the 12 laws of simple health you could research the evidence and start from a position of knowledge and you could have a family meeting uh, to educate your family about this newfound truth and discuss the health of your family. Whatever you do, my friend, no worries, um, because you don't have to live live amongst PAHs and HCAs or any other toxins and chemicals in a position of weakness. We can think through these external challenges to our human design and address them by becoming critical health thinkers. So here are a few things to consider as you make your way through um, this information. If you have been diagnosed with any disease and especially cancer, consider abstaining from consuming any outdoor grilled animal-based foods or fried foods until reclaiming your health and reintroducing them responsibly. Master consuming a high quantity and high quality plant-based diet with, guess what, low quantity and high quality animal-based foods. And then a third, increase your raw food ratios, my friend, which by the way, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons and heterocyclic amines are scarcely found in fruits and vegetables. Did you know it? So decrease your cooked food ratios and increase your raw food ratios. And by the way, do not put them on your grill. Consume uh, a consistent diet of cruciferous vegetables that provide four powerful contributors that we talked about in Cook Foods for Life Part uh, 1. They contribute enzymes, antioxidants, fiber, and cleansing waters, which assist the liver in its detoxification process, neutralizing the harmful effects of carcinogenic promoters, which would be these two compounds and free radical formation and oxidative stress. And uh, another thing is you could reduce your consumption of grilled foods and smoked deli meats such as smoked ham, smoked turkey, and smoked bacon. Now, I don't consume any of those uh, foods at all. On the surface, it may seem absurd that cooked foods could be one of the culprits in disease formation, but when you take an up-close and personal look at the scarcity of enzymes, antioxidants, fiber, and cleansing waters that are often lacking in cooked foods, yet provided abundantly by plant-based raw fruits and vegetables specifically, you can quickly see how the overconsumption of cooked foods and underconsumption of raw foods can lead to a breach of health. Ultimately, how we prepare our foods is as crucial to our health and wellness as the foods we choose to consume. Boy, did I discover this. 
paying attention to my raw and cooked food ratios and mastering healthy food preparation over time contributed to the reversing of the disease process my body had been trapped in for years. I had no clue, I had no idea that my raw and cooked food ratios, which were atrocious and incredibly out of balance, were weakening my self-healing, self-cleansing, and self-rejuvenating capabilities. I was prone to over-consuming cooked foods and under-consuming raw foods. And so in episode 35, I introduced you to Raw Foods for Life and their most four powerful health contributors. And in episode 36, I introduced you to Cooked Foods for Life and gave a brief description of the foods I consume cooked and how I prepare them to conserve their nutritional contribution to the best of my ability. And so I was on it, my friend. I increased my raw foods, decreased my cooked foods, stopped cooking all my foods to smithereens and high temperatures and uh, and and keep from destroying enzymes, reducing antioxidant effectiveness and minimizing and altering macro and micronutrients. And so I worked hard to learn how to prepare them safely and responsibly. Well, I hope that this has been helpful to you and that it will do for you what it did for us. And we have arrived at this podcast, Critical Health Thinking Skill, and I have one today. Visit one of the resources I have cited and download their fact sheets or articles to keep close to you. And please join me for episode 40 as I introduce you to carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, which are macronutrients for life. And as always, it is my hope that after all your listening, you will experience how simple health really is.